0: Continue our series here in uh, the Sermon on the Mount. It's going to take us a while, apparently, to get through all this. This is our 17th message. And um, so it's taken us a good bit, but I'm in no hurry. The title of tonight's message is Always Keep Your Word. Always Keep Your Word. I will read Matthew 5 and verse 33 through 37. Uh, Jesus further teaches. He says, Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oath to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Let's pray. Father, help us tonight as we come uh, through this portion of the Sermon on the Mount And we are thankful for all of the words of Christ that we've looked at so far in this series. And I'm thankful for this tonight. And I pray, Lord, that we would not only be people of the Word of God, but we would be people who uh, are true to our own Word. Uh, Father, help us, Lord, to not have to give clarifiers to our Word. But Lord, may we just walk honestly, uprightly, and faithfully so that whatever comes forth from our mouth would be believable because of our character. In Jesus' name we pray, and amen. All right, as we come to this portion, it's important to once again to remind us that Jesus, again, is not teaching against the Old Testament. This is what He's been teaching all through this, and He's still on the same subject. When he says, and you have heard that it was said, he's talking about their teachings. When Jesus Christ is talking about the Old Testament, he usually says, it is written. And that's just another thing to remember. He's talking about the misapplication and abuse by the teachers of the day, typically uh, the Pharisees and lawyers. So Jesus, again, is not saying, I know... It says this in the Old Testament, but I'm telling you this. We have to be very careful about taking that approach to the Bible because (laughs) we could change wherever we wanted. We say, well, that's Old Testament. What is he saying, though? And we'll get into that. Uh, What he is saying is that this is what has been been taught for a long time. And that's why he says, you've heard was said of those of old. So he's saying this... What's been going around, what I'm addressing, has been around for a while. So it was traditional teaching that had been uh, permeated among the Jews. And so this is what's been around for a long time. But I'm telling you this. You know, we have to keep this in mind and in context of what Jesus is saying for many reasons. One, to understand he's He's not like teaching against the Old Testament. But it should be a reminder to us that we can have teachings that we have embraced and believed and passed down for a while even somewhat based upon what we believe the Bible says. And we could be wrong. And so we have to be careful of that. Because when we're reading this, if we don't get the context, we're almost thinking what Jesus is teaching against the Old Testament. But we know He's not. We should know that by what we've already looked at. So it is a reminder to us, if we get confused at first just reading this, it's a reminder to us that we we can take the Word of God and misapply it for generations. And it become like, this is Bible. And we realize, it's not Bible. It's tradition. And, and is what's been passed down. And so, and so it's important for us to understand the context because I think it helps us to be careful in our application of the Word, make sure we're applying the Word and not what's been taught about the Word. There's a big difference in that. Now, and so we must be careful that we do not take God's Word and make a standard that the Word of God does not set. So we misapply it. Because that's happened with a lot of issues. And uh, we need to make sure we don't do that. So it's not enough to just know what the Bible says. Or to be able to quote little portions of the Scripture. We need to rightly divide it, Scripture with Scripture, and then rightly apply it. Now let us consider some things that I think will help us to understand what Jesus is addressing here in these verses. And before we get into that part, uh, what did the Old Testament say about oaths? Look at Numbers 30. Numbers 30. I do not have time. I do not want to spend two messages on this. You don't have time to look up all the different scriptures or read all the scriptures. Numbers 30, there's actually quite a bit there in Numbers. We're only going to read the first couple verses uh, for the sake of making a couple points here. Uh, but Numbers 30, uh, Then Moses spoke to the heads of the tribes concerning the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. If a man makes a vow uh, to the Lord or, sw- or swears an oath to bind himself by some agreement. And so, uh, like, I promise to do this, basis. if this doesn't happen, and such and such. That's It's almost like a verbal contract for today's lingo. Um, He shall not break his word. He shall not break his word. Isn't that what this is all about? It's about doing what you say you do and being believable about what you say you've seen. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. Um, When is there ever a time that we should not keep our word? (laughs) We should keep our word. Now if we've promise to do something evil i think it'd be better to say you know what i think it's better that i don't keep my word here because i promised to do something very bad and i've changed my mind i'm not going to do that i don't think that the guy that 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 killed his daughter because he made an oath should have killed his daughter okay Uh, i'm I'm not even going to bring this into that i think it's wrong okay uh anyhow i didn't really want to even mention that but you, you make a promise to do something evil uh, it's, it's okay, I think, to back out. You can't promise to sin and say, well, I promised to sin, so I've given my word. No, it's not what Jesus is teaching us at all, or the Old Testament is what's teaching us at all. Um, anyhow, oaths are a solemn affirmation or declaration made with an appeal to God for the truth is affirmed. So in other words, like saying, God is my witness, this is true. God is my witness, this is true. And so you you are appealing, hey, God who sees all, who knows all, I'm speaking the truth to you. Uh, Vowing to the Lord is making a solemn promise to God to do something as well. So one might be a declaration of truth. I appeal to God as my witness, this is what I say is true. Uh, Like a solemn promise or a vow is like a commitment to say before God is my witness, I'm going to do what I've said I'm going to do. Uh, we, we make vows today when we get married. We, we make a vow before God. Uh, that's what we call, we call vows before God and man. Vows and oaths were permitted in the Old Testament, but God's laws for Israel gave them the regulations on how they were to be carried out um, and how people were to be held accountable. And so Israel... Civilly, if people gave their word, it's kind of like today we have written contracts. The law makes sure people does their written contracts. Well, back then, if you gave your word, people were witnesses, it's like today's written contract, and the law had to enforce what you said you promised you would do. And so God gave them some regulations for that. Um, And when you gave your word to do something, uh, you were expected to do it. The Old Testament did not teach against making those vows, but it did teach that if you made a vow, you were to keep it. If you made a promise to somebody, you would give them something uh, in exchange for something, and you gave your word. It doesn't matter if something happened that didn't work out the way you thought it should. You were to keep your word. Um, Ecclesiastes 5, 4 and 5 says, When you make a vow to God, do not delay to pay it, For he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you have vowed. Better not to vow than to vow and not pay. You know, when when we tell somebody we're going to do something, we should always do it. I mean, unless it's just extraneous circumstances and that they would understand. But our word should mean something so much to us that there should be times in our life where we have said we're going to do something and something maybe very inconvenient came to us where it was a little harder for us to keep our word. But we did it anyway. In Deuteronomy, we'll talk more about that in a minute. Deuteronomy chapter 23, uh, verse 21. It says, When you make a vow to the Lord your God, you shall not delay to pay it, for the Lord your God will surely require it of you, and it would be sin to you. Uh, but if you abstain from vowing, it shall not be sin to you. That which has gone from your lips you shall keep and perform. For you voluntarily voluntarily vowed it to the Lord your God, what you have promised with your mouth. So was he saying? Basically, God didn't make you give this promise. You might promise the Lord to do something. Now, is there anything wrong with promising the Lord you'll do something? No, but let me, me tell you what. You better make sure that you do it. You better make sure you do it. Um, and I'm not telling you to make promises or vows, but what I am saying, if you have, you need, you need to do that. Um, if you promise the Lord, hey, Lord, give me this job, I'm going to give you 20%. Well, if you, make, if you let that come out of your mouth, God didn't require that of you. You voluntarily said that you better keep your word to the Lord. Does that make sense? That's what he's teaching here in Deuteronomy. God didn't require it of you, but if you said it, he requires it of you. So it's not talking about, it's talking about you opening your mouth and making promises. God will hold you to that. Now, the keeping of oaths, vows, promises... Is about keep, it's all about keeping our word. It's about following through. It's about being truthful. It's about doing what we said we would do. It's about being believable about what we say has happened. All of us should do that all the time. We should always keep our word. And, 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 saying, and, and, we, and saying, I promise, before we say we're going to do something, shouldn't make it more believable. <laughs> well, I promise I'll do this. Our word should be so sure that people know our character so well that we shouldn't have to give clarifiers of our sincerity. Does that, make, does that make sense? I'm not saying anything wrong with saying I promise, but I'm just saying we shouldn't have to say that to convince anybody that actually knows us. So my, my opinion is that we should not have to use O's in our verbal language, everyday language, uh, to make our word more sure or believable. I really really like what Matthew Henry said. He said this. He said, The frequent requiring and using of oaths is a poor reflection on Christians. We should be of such acknowledged fidelity as that their sober words should be as sacred as their solemn oaths. So in other words, just your, your normal language is just as serious and believable and trustworthy as you making a solemn oath. And so... With that said, again, Jesus was not saying that he was eliminating oaths or vows. Some people think that Jesus was. But you have to understand, too, the time period in which Jesus is dealing with this, there is no self-governing nation of Israel. And so that changes the dynamics, too, in which Jesus is talking to them. I mean, they were being ruled by the Romans, you know. And, and so there, there's, there's, there's some issues there, too. I, I really don't understand all of that and how that would apply with all of this um, and with a lot of the, the Jewish law. Um, but some have taken what Jesus says in Matthew 5 and said that no one should, in, a new, in the New Testament, take an oath even in a courtroom stand. In other words, there have been some people, Quakers, I think, uh, went, to, went to extreme on that and uh, said, you know, taking any oath in a courtroom is wrong. Um, I, I don't believe that, but I believe you, you better tell the truth. <laughs> you raise your hand and put your hand on the Bible, and you say, I'm going to tell the truth. It's not that difficult. You just tell the truth, but you better tell the truth. People are committing perjury all the time. And here's the thing, people want to talk about perjury, <laughs> and they're more concerned about committing perjury against their government or perjury against other people. You're committing perjury against God. You're coming perjuring against God when you swear by God to tell the truth, and you don't. So, anyhow, tell the truth. Always. Kent Hughes said this, Oath-taking is permitted, but it is not encouraged. In civil life, as in a courtroom, oath-taking is permitted, and when one is put under oath, he or she is not sinning against Christ's teaching, Also, on rare occasions, such a practice may be necessary, as it was for Paul. So, Paul had oaths, he had vows, he had promises. Um, In one place, even when it's in the Word of God, that he says, God is my witness. That's saying, I bear God as my witness, and I'm telling the truth. Um, So, on rare occasions, things may be necessary. Uh, he went on further to say, this said, O's are not to be part of everyday conversation. Christians should not need such devices. They should be known to be people of truth. I, I believe that. I, I think you shouldn't have to appeal to, when people say, I swear, I swear, all the, I hate that kind of language. I, I swear to this, and I swear to that. I was like, you shouldn't say that, you know, it just it shouldn't be the kind of thing we should be talking. I I, I mean, uh, we should not be talking like that. So basically oaths were and are permissible, but if we make an, a vow, I, I think wedding vows are okay, or oath, we should keep it. We can swear under oath in a court, but we better tell the truth. Um, however, in common everyday practice, making oaths or vows should not be necessary. Just keep your word and do what you say you're going to do. Saying I make an oath, or I make a promise, or I make a vow, does it change anything in regard to us giving our word? In other words, if I say, Lord, I'm going to give you 20% of my income from now on, does God not hold me accountable to that? Or does he only hold me accountable to it if I say, Lord, I vow to make, give you 20% of my income? Did, did, did God say, boy, he said that word vow, now this makes it serious? Now, I think if I told the Lord, Lord, I'm giving you 20% of my income from here on out, then I think God's going to hold me accountable for that because I gave my word to him. We should take, I'm just saying, we should take our word serious all the time, not just because we put a little clarifier on it, right? So you're getting that? Now we're going to get in quickly to what the Pharisees were doing. I, I actually found this almost, it's almost comical. Uh, as I looked back and the things that they were doing. They, they were making vows and swearing and stuff and making oaths, not so as to, to show how serious they were about keeping their word, but they worded their vows and oaths in such a way to where they could, to where they could actually feel good about breaking their word. And that's, that's what is so crazy. Um, so, so, so let's get on into this. So, what was Jesus addressing in, in Matthew 5? I don't think he's teaching against the oaths. I I gave a little bit of clarity on that. Not a lot, but don't have time to get into all that. If Jesus was not teaching against making oaths and was not counter-teaching the Old Testament, what exactly was he talking about? Well, again, he was addressing the abuse or misapplication of making oaths that was taking place at that time. Instead of making oaths to confirm their word, there was a practice of using oaths to allow them to break their word. There was a practice at that time where people could make oaths and they would sometimes not swear by the Lord, (laughs) and they would swear by heaven, and that's what Jesus addresses here, or by earth, or by Jerusalem, or by the hairs of their head. They would not swear by the Lord, but Jesus makes it clear here, hey, you're not saying I swear by the Lord but you're saying you swear by heaven, by earth, by Jerusalem, by the hairs of your head, and I own all of those too. Or the Lord owns all. The Lord is in heaven. Jerusalem is a city, and He owns your, he, you can't do anything about the hairs of your head. He's just saying it's a matter of verbiage. You're trying to get around this thing and making oaths by saying you don't swear by the Lord, but you swear by these other things. And what they were doing, they were saying, if you actually just said one of those, if you didn't keep your word, it wasn't as serious. And so it was really a practice that they had so that they didn't have to keep their word. And so I think Jesus is just saying, We've got to stop this altogether. Say yes and no. Quit saying I'm gonna swear by this and swear by that, either say yes or no, do it or don't do it. And so the the, the reason they were saying things the way they were was to make them their word less binding. So long as they were not swearing by God, they thought their word was allowed to be broken. So Jesus is saying it does not matter (laughs) if you swear by the Lord or by heaven, earth, Jerusalem, or your head. You just need to quit all your swearing by anything because it all belongs to the Lord in the first place. Just keep your word. We should not be of such character that we have to give people a bunch of extra swears and promises to ensure them that we're going to do our best to keep our word. If we say we're going to do something or if we say that we, so, we say that something was said or done, uh, then we should not have to give an extra assurance that we are speaking truthfully by saying, I promise I'll do this or I promise I, I heard this or I promise I've seen this or I swear I heard this. We, we shouldn't have to say that. I, I've often found that people talk like that the most, that really try to convince you, hey, I'm telling you the truth, I'm telling you the truth, you were lying to me. Make no promise. Make no swears. Just keep your word and always speak the truth. If, if a dad tells their kid they're going to do something and he doesn't do it, and the next time he doesn't do it, and the next time he doesn't do it, and the next time he says, well, I promise I'll do it this time, what does he, people act like that. Why? Because they haven't been truthful. They haven't been faithful. They haven't been honest. And saying you promised doesn't change anything. It's sad, but the reason that there are oaths, contracts, and the sort is because people are dishonest and people are liars. Right. Kent Hughes also said, he said, Jesus asked for a radical truthfulness which supersedes the requirements of the law. I love that. Let me say that again. Jesus asks for a radical truthfulness that supersedes the requirements of the law. The law was only necessary if people were being dishonest. A radical truthfulness does not need oaths. Oath-taking is popular because people are liars. (laughs) It's that simple. So the allowance of oaths in the law was so to keep people accountable to their word. We should strive to be a people of word that need no law to keep us truthful and honest and a person of our word. You know, it hasn't been that long ago that, you know, that people's word meant something. You didn't have to have so many written agreements, you know. Those were good days. We, we have long passed those. One of the things I think of as I read what Jesus says here is when he says... Let your yes be yes and your no, no. And and as he just taught about how some used oaths or swore by lesser things and, and could then break their word. I think about how people sometimes do a lot of talking to try and convince you that they're speaking the truth. Sometimes people feel compelled to do this because they've been dishonest and untrustworthy in the past. And so they feel compelled to convince you that this time they are telling the truth. It's just best to always tell the truth and keep your word. Then you know what? People will believe you the next time, and you won't have to feel compelled to convince them by giving extra words of saying you're promising or such to prove your honesty. The Pharisees, you see, used all kinds of tricks and side language and sidesteps with the truth, toward the truth, and oaths. All of that was among them. They liked to appear sincere, but made allowances for lies. And they tried to appear so pious, but yet they made, in their own traditions, made allowances for them to break their own word. You know, sometimes people are more creative and work harder in their lies and spend more effort evading the truth or being deceitful than they they work at being honest, dependable, and faithful. Warren Wiersbe wisely stated he said Jesus taught that our conversation should be so honest and our character so true that we would not need crutches to get people to believe us words depend on character and oaths cannot compensate for a poor character I like that I thought that was just a good summary a man's word is to be his bond a woman's word should be his bond Without him making promises and assurances that he is speaking the truth, or that more people would say what they mean, mean what they say. Listen, it's better to be a doer also than a talker. And Jesus said, "Let your yes be yes, and no no much more. Than this of sin, or is of the evil one." Uh, Proverbs ten nineteen says, "In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise." Maybe that's one of the reasons Jesus says what he does. Let your yes be yes and your no, no. And, um, you know, uh, talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. Uh, He wants us to do. Do what we say we would do and be honest. Father, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to be people of our word just as you are of your word. Your Word is faithful. Your Word is dependable. Your Word is true. We can trust it. I don't need extra oaths or promises from God, every line to know that it is true. The whole of it is true. Father, let our character be like that, not one of deceit, not one of twisting uh, the truth. But Lord, help us to be people of truth, not only the truth of your Word, but the words that come from our mouth, let them be truth in accordance to uh, what is right and good and honest and to always speak the truth of what we know. And, and Lord, let our character, Lord, I pray, be of such to where we will be determined to be people who keep our word and always speak true. In Jesus' name, and amen.